everybody. Welcome to another episode of Laguna Beach, the podcast. As always, it is your host, Kelly. I hope that you've had an awesome week. And this episode of The Hills is a really good one. I'm really excited to talk about it. But before we get into anything, I need to talk about Tommy Laharen and Jay Cutler. And honestly, I might be saying Tommy's. Honestly, I might be saying her whole name wrong, but I really don't care. I talked about them like way back in June, I believe. There have been a lot of rumors that they've been hanging out, hooking up, not dating, but Jay squashed those rumors because it was on that Instagram account. I believe it's called Du Moi. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Somebody said that they were dating, and a lot of people have said that in Nashville. Like, that's been kind of an ongoing rumor for a while now. So I was really surprised that everyone was really surprised, but then again, I know that Nashville sometimes like a little bubble. And Jay came out and was like, no, the only person in my life is this cow that I love, that I'm brushing every day. And yeah, so he squashed those rumors. But honestly, I think there's probably a little something to those rumors. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not gonna say that they're like in a full-fledged relationship, but I do think there's more to it than what's being said. And obviously Jay likes to keep a very low profile. Like where, he still lives out Franklin as I've said a few times but he's like way out in Franklin in Leapers Fork area in his house from what I'm told is really set back so you can't even like see it from the road or anything it's actually funny you guys know that every week I put up you know what do you want me to talk about and someone was like have you ever driven past Kristen's house and the answer to that is no (laughs) I've driven by like the Bancroft that huge house that her and Jay used to live in and just recently sold. I've driven past those gates. And one time I will say, I was like, I drive a really old car. It's a 2005 Grand Marquis. It's pretty beat up, but it's getting me from point A to point B. Don't want a car payment. But anyway, I was driving by it and I saw the gate was open. And I know that at one point, I don't know if they still live there, but like Keith Urban lived there. And I was like, oh my God, let me just drive through. And then Literally, I was about to turn in because like I said, the gate was open. I was like, yeah, right. They would see this shitty ass car driving through their neighborhood and be like, who is that? So I didn't drive through it. But no, I've never been to their house out in Franklin. I don't really go to Franklin, but I actually, that's not true. I go to downtown Franklin. It has some great restaurants. So if you're visiting Nashville, check out downtown Franklin. Wow, that was like really long winded. I just like lost my breath for a second. I'm like, Kelly, please breathe. (laughs) Anyway, Tommy decided, and I know it's Tommy, but I call her Tommy because I don't like her. And I'm not going to put my political beliefs out there. I'm sure you guys have kind of figured out where I stand. But a lot of people were surprised that her and Jay were allegedly seeing one another. And I was like, they have the same political beliefs. They probably have a lot more in common than we know. Doesn't doesn't make me that surprised. She's also very small and blonde. So, I mean, I wasn't shocked to hear that news. But she ended up putting up a story about how sometimes what she reads hurts her feelings. And somebody asked me how I felt about that. And, you know, I don't like seeing people hurt. I really don't. I don't think that making fun of people in like a really nasty way is anything good. I know I pick at people and I get that and I try and be more playful than like downright nasty. But to me, she's a really mean person. So I'm kind of like, I guess if you can't, you know, you're dishing it, you better be able to take it too. If you want to sit there and use your platform to call people libtards or snowflakes or whatever, then you should probably be ready for people to come at you as well. So again, I don't like seeing people hurt, but I think when you use a platform to be super negative all the time, kind of comes with the territory. I kind of just rambled on a whole bunch. I'm sorry, I kind of just lost track of my thoughts. But Jay says they're not dating. I still say there was something behind that because rumors don't just pop up out of nowhere. And this rumor's been around since June. I think Jay was probably just like, I'm just going to tell them it's not true because I don't want my business out there. So that is my take on Tommy Leheron and Jay Cutler. I am a big fan of those cows that Jay has, though. I would, I don't think I'd ever want, like, a farm. Seems like a lot of work that I really don't want. I mean, I like cats because cats just kind of, like, chill and they're their own being. I like dogs, but my friends are always like, you need a dog, you need a dog. I'm like, that's a lot of work. I'm sure mini cows are a lot more work than dogs, so I'm just going to watch them through Jay's Instagram, and I need more cow content. That's what I need. On another note, I know Kristen's in Cabo right now, and I just love that she still goes to Cabo. Cabo and Kristen go together like chocolate and milk. (laughs) 
Also, real quick, I know that I, I usually dive right into the episode, but I wanted to give you guys a heads up. I am going home from September 19th to October 4th. So there might be like two or three weeks without the podcast. I'm gonna try and put something together where there's at least like a filler episode, but no promises. I cannot promise that because work's been insane lately. And I just, when I go home, I was actually thinking about recording, but I also, and I might, I might record. I might get bored because it's gonna be like weekdays and everyone has school and work, but I do want to try and have something out at least. But I like to give you guys a heads up when something's going on. Next week, we're going to have Kate Kennedy from Be There in Five. She loves nostalgia, so we're going to talk, you know, stores in the mall. We are going to talk, or she doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to ask her, like, what reality stars would you love to see live in a real-world type house? It's just, it's going to be a good time. I'm really excited about it. And I also wanted to say thank you guys for all the nice words about my interview with Colby. She had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun doing it. And it seemed like you guys really liked it, which was really cool. Like I said, I am working on getting more people on the podcast, but it's kind of weird because like I am a one person host and I don't want it to become like too much guest focused, if that makes sense. Like we got things to talk about, right? Like we got to talk about the hills. We got to talk about some pop culture stuff. And also someone was like, you don't talk about celebrity blinds as much. True, I don't. Because right now, I would say Enti, who I follow the most, is really like going down this this weird, <laughs> like, um, t- I don't even know how to explain it. Just a lot of conspiracy theories. And I love a good conspiracy theory, but he tried to say JFK Jr. is still alive, and I don't believe that for a second. So there's a lot that's kind of going on. But hopefully I will find a new blind website that I'm really into. There are a few I really like but I need to dive a little bit more into them and then we'll start using allegedly a whole lot more. I realize I haven't said allegedly in a while until I talked about Jay and Tommy a moment ago, but yes, allegedly will come back. Don't worry, we will have our allegedly moments. Now this episode of The Hills, it's season three, episode 20. Can you believe we have made it through this many Hills episodes? Pretty wild, but it's called Back to L.A., And as always, I always say this every episode, you guys are probably like, yeah, Kelly, we know you watch it on Amazon Prime, but it is available on Amazon Prime, also Hulu, and I know the MTV app has some, CBS All Access, I know it has Laguna, so I'm assuming it has The Hills, and then Pluto TV also has like a Hills channel, it's called something else, it's like drama or something. I try and use the Pluto app. It's very confusing for me, but it does have the hills on it. Again, this is season three, episode 20. It's called Back to LA because remember, Lauren finally went to Paris and it starts with previously on the hills. When Spencer followed Heidi to Colorado, things went from bad to worse. So we're reminded that Spencer did head out to Colorado, did surprise Heidi and Heidi was like, why are you here? I don't want you here. Now, we are also reminded that Brody has a new girlfriend. Remember, Lauren was having the best time in Paris, and then Audrina called her, and Audrina's like, I just want you to know, Brody has a girlfriend, and Lauren gets pissed, but she hangs out with that guy. She doesn't kiss him, but she still had fun. She still had a great time, still saw the Eiffel Tower, still got to do a ton of work, and had a blast. And we also find out, which we kind of knew this was going to be set up from the last episode, but after two years, Whitney wants to move on from Teen Vogue. And as always, it ends with a quote. Lauren is fed these quotes. She says them perfectly. And she says, sometimes when you go away, you have a different perspective on things. But when you go home, everything is different. Sometimes I'm like, wow, that was really deep. And this is one of those times where I was kind of like, okay, those were a lot of words. I know what you were trying to say, but you didn't quite get there. So we start off at Lauren and Audrina's apartment. And Lauren is walking in after her long flight from Paris. She welcomes Audrina with a big hug and says she's super jet lagged. And Audrina's like, how are you? My body never switched time. So even though it's nighttime here, it's like daytime and I'm going to have trouble being jet lagged. But Lauren just keeps saying like she's really jet lagged and I've only been jet lagged once. It is no fun. But Audrina asks if they had any time to play. She's like, I know you worked a lot, but did you have time to play? And Lauren says a little bit. We saw the Eiffel Tower and we had a night with the band guys. And Audrina's like, oh yeah, the band guys. (laughs) She's like, I don't know who you're talking about, but okay, the band guys. But Lauren says it was nice to just remove herself from LA, get away from Brody, get away from all that drama. And then Lauren says, she's like, I'm just over it. It, of course, meaning Brody. So she's stealing some lines out of Audrina's playbook saying like, I'm over it, I'm over it, I'm over it. 
Girl, we know you're not over it and that's okay. But Audrina quickly asks about Whitney. She's like, what about Whitney? Did Whitney have fun? And Lauren drops the news that she thinks Whitney is ready to leave Teen Vogue. It's kind of funny to me. Sometimes I feel like with Audrina, she's trying so hard to not like mess up her lines. She's like, okay, I have to say this and I have to say that and I can't forget any of it. But of course, then we go into the unwritten, my favorite theme song, which they don't show of course but we open the episode after that scene with a nice aerial view of LA and there's no elevator music it's like punk pop song which is a nice change I think they're finally starting to give us those songs instead of like beep boop bop beep boop beep bop terrible (laughs) robot elevator music and then we are at Teen Vogue and Whitney goes into Lisa's office to talk to her about her future and she says she wants to be in styling she also says that she got a job offer with Kelly Catrone, not job offer, a interview with Kelly Catrone. In a little fun fact, you might already know this, but Lisa actually talked Kelly into doing The Hills. Kelly has said that. She's like, Lisa and I were really close, and she said that it would be great for my business, great publicity. Basically, the girls, they didn't want them at Teen Vogue anymore because they were getting too famous for that, right? They're working or quote unquote working for Teen Vogue, but they're on the cover of Rolling Stones magazine. Like, how can you how can you do that? But Kelly said, you know, I'll do it. I never thought I'd do reality TV, but Lisa Love talked me into it. But Whitney says, I want to get your blessing first. Never want to burn any bridges. And I wanted to get your feedback as well. And Lisa says in her calming voice, it's time for you to start looking at opportunities. And Lisa gives Whitney her blessing, says that they'd be happy to give her recommendations. And Whitney's very happy. She's like, okay, okay, this isn't like, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. I have, I have Lisa's blessing. Lisa's not upset with me that I want to move on. And she's moving on to one of Lisa's friends. So I'm sure Lisa was kind of like, you're getting Whitney. Good luck with that. At least you're not getting Lauren. (laughs) But as she leaves the office, as Whitney leaves the office, the song On Top of the World by Kate Vogel is playing, which made me smile so much. What a One Tree Hill moment. I used to love Kate Vogel, but I think I was tricked because I really liked Mia when she was played Mia on One Tree Hill. But again, whenever I hear like songs I really recognize and I'm like, wow, that moment, like that song works for it. I'm always sad that there will never be Taylor Swift seen with any clips from Laguna or the Hills, but it's okay. I guess one day I'm just going to have to get over it. That day is not today, but one day. The next scene, we are at Bolt House Productions and Heidi walks over to Kimberly, aka New Elodie. But we're going to call her Kimberly to give her some respect. (laughs) But the office has also changed. It's not an open concept anymore. It's all cubicles, which I found interesting because I feel like usually it's the other way. Usually it's like, okay, we have cubes. We're going to make it open concept. And honestly, I love cubicles. I know that's probably an unpopular opinion, but I love my cube so much. It's like my little shelter in a gross work environment. Anyway, Kimberly is handed some files. Heidi's like, these are the files you asked for. But Kimberly immediately asks, what's going on with Heidi? She's like, what's going on with you and Spencer? Because Kimberly's job is just to ask that. It's kind of like how Whitney started out before Whitney became Whitney. But Heidi says, you know, we're just trying to figure everything out. I'm trying to figure everything out with Spencer. Things are really crazy. But I do want him to move out. But we find out that Spencer didn't move his things out like he was supposed to. Heidi wanted him to have all his things out by the time she got back from Colorado. And he did not do that. So Kimberly asks if they're going to date other people. And Heidi's like, no way. We're not breaking up. We just were going on a break. And it's like, okay, season three, Ross. And that's a line from my favorite movie, How to Be Single. I wish I came up with it. I was going to act like I own that line, but I couldn't. Rebel Wilson delivered it so perfectly in the movie, How to Be Single. Heidi, right away, she's like, I don't want him seeing anybody else. I just think we need some space. And Kimberly's like, well, David and I tried that, and David used it against me all the time. So be careful, because Spencer might try and use it against you. And I'm like, Kimberly, we don't care about your past relationships. We're not involved with you. Who's David? We don't even know this David character. Just tell her, hey, that's pretty crazy. (laughs) Don't try and give yourself a storyline, girl. (laughs) Now we're at Steph's apartment, Stephanie Pratt's apartment, and she says, you went to Colorado, but she got mad. What could be worse than that? And I really think Spencer and Stephanie are funny. I think their scenes are very funny together because she just, she likes to pick on him and he's annoyed with her all the time. And he goes, nothing, nothing's worse than that. And Stephanie's like, well, look on the bright side. 
There is no bright side, Stephanie. I would have I would have never moved in with her if I had known that we would move out, that I'd be moving out. What's the point? Then we find out that he's moving in with Stephanie. He's going to be moving into Steph's condo with her, and that's going to be great. Nothing can go wrong with that. And then he's like, you two can still hang out, but don't bring her back to the condo if I'm here, because she'll walk in and she'll be like, oh, Spencer's not giving me space, even though I live here now. And then she's going to make a big deal out of it, because she wants space, but I live here, so don't even bring her here, because then she can't have the space that she wants. And it is just a big rant about how Heidi wants space. Spencer doesn't want to give her space, but if Heidi ends up coming to the condo, then she's probably going to be like, oh, Spencer's not giving me the space I need when in reality she's coming onto his turf, blah, 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 you get it. But quickly, Spencer ends with, I really hate dating. And Stephanie's like, um, you're considering dating people? Like, what, what? You guys aren't breaking up? And he's, he just kind of like looks at her and raises his eyebrows and nods his head like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna date. If, if I don't live with her, that's what's gonna happen. We're gonna date other people. And now we're at Teen Vogue. We're in the fashion closet. And it's right after Whitney's talk with Lisa. Right when she walks in, Lauren's like, how'd it go? How'd it go? Starts asking questions. It's her turn to ask the questions this time, okay? Whitney's not asking, how's it going? Lauren is. But Whitney says, Lisa was so supportive. She said, I give you my blessing. And we also find out that she has an interview with Kelly Catrone tomorrow. We knew she had the opportunity to interview with Kelly, but we didn't realize it was the following day. But Lauren's happy for her, and she's like, it'll be weird without you here, but I'm really, really happy for you. And of course, we've all been there when our work wives leave us high and dry. It's like, I understand why you're leaving this toxic environment. I'm really sad you're going to be gone, but but I guess we'll just have to try and be friends outside of work. Let's see how that goes. The very next scene, Whitney is walking in for an interview with Kelly, and she's wearing a black dress. She looks very chic. And she walks up to the receptionist and says, I'm Whitney, I'm here to have an interview with Kelly. And she's like, okay, take a seat. So while Whitney is taking a seat, we can hear Kelly kind of ripping someone apart on the phone. She's like, well, all of our designs were stolen. Why did anyone leave them on the sidewalk? Sounds very upset. But Kelly joins her at the couches and she goes, I don't have time for this, but thank you for coming. I weirdly, like, I was very afraid of Kelly Catrone when I was younger. Now I love Kelly Catrone. I would love Kelly Catrone to just yell at me. I'd cry. I'd cry for sure if Kelly Catrone got in my face and yelled at me. I'd be like, I thought we'd have like a Kelly Kelly connection. But she's yelling at me and I'm crying. But anyway, I would pay good money to have her yell at me. (laughs) But we find out a lot about People's Revolution. They have offices in New York, LA, and Paris, and they produce more shows in New York City than anyone. And I believe it was New York City Fashion Week than anybody. They're a full branding company. But Kelly also talks like really, really fast. She's a very intense person and she's still intense if you follow her on Instagram. She's a very intense woman. But she ends up telling Whitney that she'd help out a lot at New York Fashion Week. And of course, Whitney wants to style. She'd be styling celebrities because 80% of their styling actually comes from their Los Angeles office. So of course, that's what Whitney wants to do. And I'm gonna play an audio clip of Kelly Catrone basically asking Whitney why she wants to do this. And the way she ends this conversation is absolute gold. It's such a beautiful Kelly Catrone moment. So I'm going to play an audio clip in three, two, one. Why do you want to work on this side of it? I think that the more opportunities I have and the more opportunities I put myself out there for, I should take advantage. I just think working at Vogue was an unbelievable experience. I just wanted a job that uh, I could do more. What are your strengths? Like, why should I let you come work here? I could probably be very helpful in terms of whether it's, you know, stylists that come in here and pulling for photo shoots or styling for lookbooks or styling for runway shows. Lisa said a lot of great things about you and she's not an easy person to please all the time. I mean, we have the same kind of work aesthetic. So let's just go out on a limb. We'll just do it and we'll see how it goes and we'll reevaluate everything. But I think it's really important to let you know this. Like you're basically making a deal with the devil. Why do you say that? Because you have to give up your life. Like I said, the most intense woman on the planet, but I absolutely love that. You make a deal with the devil and Whitney's like, "Ah, I'm so scared. (laughs) Now we're having lunch with Steph and Heidi. And also like the way that this episode's edited is just like all over the place. I just want to say that like even the fact that there were like two clips between Whitney talking to Lisa and then uh, Whitney talking to Lauren. It's just... 
The way it's edited is very frustrating for me. So now, like I said, we are at lunch with Steph and Heidi, and Steph's excited that they have Eggs Benedict on the menu. She's like, ooh, Eggs Benedict, my favorite. This is my new favorite restaurant. And Heidi goes, yeah, they have something called the Muscle Breakfast. And one time Spencer ordered it, and I was like, why? Is that because you have no muscles? And he got really mad at me. And Stephanie's just kind of nodding her head. She's like, that sounds healthy. But then she drops the bomb that Spencer's moving in with her and Heidi's kind of like, oh, wow. And Stephanie is very good at stirring the pot. She might be better than Spencer, in my opinion, because when you see Spencer doing it, you're kind of like he knows what he's doing. And obviously, I think Stephanie knows what she's doing as well. She's just better at dropping hints. And she goes, you don't care if he's dating other girls. And Heidi's like, oh, no, he's not going to date other girls. We're, we're just starting over, not seeing other people, being together, but staying at different places. And Steph just like nods her head. She goes, yeah, people do crazy things when they're mad. And Heidi just responds, I hope he doesn't pull anything crazy because I really do love him. I don't, I don't know. So we have it, you know, now it's kind of like, is he going to see other people? Is Stephanie making this up? But Heidi really wants to stand her ground and be like, no, he needs to move out. This is too much. I've lost a lot because of him. And I just want to get my life back. We are back at Audrina and Lauren's apartment and the girls are getting ready to go out. Audrina is rocking a very heavy smoky eye. You gotta, you gotta respect it. But Audrina says she hasn't been out in so long other than when she saw Brody at the club. And I was kind of like, wasn't that like four days ago? But anyway, four days in LA time is probably like a a whole lifetime for me. (laughs) But Audrina quickly, she's like, we might see them. How does that make you feel? Are you relieved Brody's done with? And Audrina says that they're going to go out and have fun because they're both full on single. And I think this is the first time they're both like full on single as roommates or even in the show, pretty much, I guess. But Lauren goes, yay. And she's really happy about it. And Audrina's like smiling, nodding her head. And Lauren goes, are we going to get into some trouble? And right away, Audrina just goes, mm-hmm. Audrina, you know you're going to get into trouble with that neck tattoo and leather jacket and smoky eye. There's no way you're not going to get into trouble. Now, the next scene is one of those scenes that I'm really, really upset they're at a club because the dialogue in this scene is pure gold. I wish I could record it so you guys could hear it, but I'm just going to be going back and forth, obviously. Not, not, don't worry, no, no imitations for today. <laughs> But it is a really good scene. The girls are at Lay Do and they're at their usual private table. They're having fun for like eight seconds before Brody and Frankie walk in. And Lauren doesn't seem very excited, but Frankie's like, welcome back. And Brody yells, what does Brody yell? I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Where's my hug? And Frankie goes, she's mad at you, bro. She's mad at you. And Brody's like, you better not be mad at me. Brody acts like he hates drama, but Brody loves to thrive during drama. I truly believe that. He's a guy who's like, no, I hate drama. I hate drama. Then like tells a girl he loves her. And then he's like, I don't know why she thinks I love him. I love her. And this is, I wish, (laughs) like I said, I wish that you guys could hear this audio, but it would have sounded like shit and I know it. But Brody then says, whoa, I really don't get a hug or anything. Like you're really not going to give me a hug. As I've always said, Brody loves hugs. Brody is a hug kind of guy. And Lauren just keeps ignoring him. And I'm not making this up. He then says, so you're really not going to give me a hug right now. And Lauren, in her little drunk voice, goes, where's your girlfriend? My girlfriend? Who's my girlfriend? And Lauren just smirks, takes a sip of her drink while he keeps repeating himself like eight times. Like, my girlfriend? What's she talking about? My girlfriend? Who's my girlfriend? I don't have a girlfriend. And he goes, where's your boyfriend from Paris? I don't have a boyfriend. Yeah, that's funny because I have friends in Paris too, so don't try and turn this on me. I'm curious who Brody's friends from Paris are, who are like, I don't, you know what? No, I saw moped in around the city. Your girl, Lauren. (laughs) You know, Whitney's not going to be there and being like, Brody, just so you know, she's on the back of a moped with a French Justin Bobby. But Lauren just keeps ignoring him and... He's like, what's wrong with her? Why is she doing this? Treat me like a friend. We've always been friends. I'm treating you like a friend. And he goes, I'm excited to see you. The first time you say, the first thing you say to me is Brody, where's your girlfriend? And Lauren just keeps ignoring him. Lauren's like, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to be a part of this conversation. And Brody leaves. He like huffs his chest. He's like, well, I'm leaving anyway. Goodbye. So he walks out. Frankie like chases him. He's like, Brody, Brody, please don't leave me. Brody, Brody, don't go, don't go. Brody leaves anyway. But Lauren is giving us feisty drunk Lauren and I love it. Frankie goes, he like gives her a look and she's like, what did I do? Oh my God, I didn't give him a hug. (laughs) 
oh my god, Brody is such a weird hug guy. Can we all agree with that? I would, of course, give Brody a hug. I just want to, like, I'm not trying to act like I'm better than a hug from Brody Jenner. But anyway, Frankie goes, you're not being nice. He was excited to see you. Do I really have to be nice right now? Yeah. Why? Why not? I, I know I know what you're talking about and why you're mad at him, but he loves you and you love him and that's real. And Lauren just like rolls her eyes and shakes her head. She's like, no, I'm not doing this. But during this scene, there is a guy sitting next to Lauren who has the most glorious blonde afro I've ever seen. And he's in a bunch of clip, like in a bunch of episodes, and I'd like to know more about him. He has glasses and it's just his hair is so glorious. I stare at it all the time. And by all the time, I mean like when he's in the corner of my television. The next day, we're at lunch with Lo and Lauren and Lauren drops that Whitney is leaving and she'll be styling celebrities. Like Lauren's trying to be happy for her, but she's also sad because of Brody. And Lo's like, you're acting weird. What's wrong? You're acting weird. Was it weird seeing Brody? And she's like, it was weird seeing Brody. But I'm going to play an audio clip between Lauren and Lo. And Lo gives some tough love to, to our girl Lauren. I don't know what the answer is. Yes, Brody's a way of making me feel like I'm never good enough. And I hate that feeling. And I feel like I need to prove it to myself. And like that's not a reason when that's not a good reason to like anyone. What? Of course you're good enough for Brody. You should be the one that has to work to get you. I think it's true, though. I just don't know how you're going to stop concerning yourself with Brody when he's such a part of your life. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it's be mean. I just I know. feel like we have this conversation a lot about you need to find a nice boy. Yeah. That is one of my favorite things to say to my friends when they're dating assholes. He should work to get you. You've met him more than halfway, more than once, and he should really work to get to you. Like, you're, you're much better than whoever this boy thinks he is. Also, I love saying the quote from Grey's Anatomy when Christina was like, he's very dreamy, but you're the sun. And I don't even really know what that means, but I say it to my friends all the time. And, like, they're kind of like, oh, what? And I'm like, just go with it, please. I don't want to explain it to you because I don't know. So we have that little moment, and then we are at the Spidey apartment, and Spencer is packing up all of his stuff. And by all of his stuff, I mean his Xbox. And Heidi, she looks like she's been crying. She's like sniffling her nose and stuff. She's like, what else are you taking? Well, I'm uh, letting you keep the TV. The uh, letting me, that's the TV that I bought. You bought the uh, 42-inch TV. This is the 52-inch TV that I bought. They were the same price and we just split them. Whatever. To be honest, I can't think of like a worse thing you have to do than split up your possessions between people because you're breaking up. Of course, we know that this wasn't like a real breakup. But in real life, I, can, I can't really think of anything worse than that. I mean, even when I moved out of my old apartment with my roommate, who I was not emotionally or sexually involved with, it was, like, tough. I'm like, oh, is this your pan or my pan? Like, can I take one cutting board since there are two? But I'm going to play an awkward clip between Spidey because, again, they're trying to make it seem very sad and Spencer just seems really angry. Heidi seems really sad. So I'm going to play this in three, two, one. Is Empire's in this? Saying your book? Yeah, that's right. It's not like we're broken up. Uh, in what sense? In the sense that... I mean, you're not planning on seeing other people, right? I'm giving you your space, remember? Lots of it. And when he says all this stuff, it's like one box full of like four books and an Xbox. So we know he's coming back. But Heidi's sitting at the little bar that they had. She's crying. He just goes like, peace, and walks out. Now we're at Teen Vogue for the final big scene of the episode. And we now have Whitney packing up her desk. And she's like, it's so weird. But she's really happy. She's like, I'm nervous, but I'm happy, but I'm sad. Again, that's a normal thing to go through. But Lauren jokes that they're going to have a long distance relationship and they laugh about Heidi crashing the young Hollywood party. Whitney is like, I feel like that was just yesterday. And they both say, we should have known then that she was no good. And Lauren points out that Whitney has the same bag that she had on her first day. And Whitney's like, that's so weird. No, really, that's the weirdest thing. Is that really weird for you? Because I think it's so weird. But of course, they're both sad. This is the end of an era 
This is the end of the fashion closet with our two girls who we love so much. They hug goodbye and Lauren's like, I'll still help you pick out our fr- your first day. And Whitney's like, will you curl my hair? She's like, of course I'll curl your hair. Again, I feel like when it comes to real friends, Lauren and Whitney would be the two who would click. But we watch Lauren just kind of staring at an empty desk, very emotional. We watch Whitney walking out of Teen Vogue for the last time. We see Spencer getting into his car, driving away. We see a very sad Heidi. And again, this is just the end of an era. This is the end of Teen Vogue for Whitney. And that's a big deal because she's about to go work for Kelly motherfucking Controne. But I like this. I like what they're doing at the end of these episodes now. Nice little montages. And they're all kind of going through the same thing. Very beautiful. But that is the episode. Whitney is donezo at Teen Vogue. Lauren is like, fuck, I don't want to be at Teen Vogue because Lisa Love hates me. Heidi's like, please move out. I don't want to break up with you, though. Spencer's like, well, I'm moving out and now we're probably going to break up. There's just a lot of emotions. There's a lot of things that everybody's dealing with. And I guess we're going to have to see what happens the next episode. Also, I've noticed that like Audrina is barely in these last few episodes. So we know that something big has to happen for Audrina because we need our girl back. Now, before I get into the pop culture advice column that I do at the end of these podcasts, I want to say thank you to everybody who helped out the teachers. A lot of followers from different countries were kind of confused as to why our teachers have to put together lists for things like markers or even like paper and pens. And I know a lot of my teacher friends in the United States, they just don't receive a lot of funding. A lot of them have to, you know, fulfill their own school libraries if they get like they get like two markers from the school other than that they have to buy everything themselves and you know a lot of students they lose pens pencils whatever the school doesn't provide them the teachers have to provide them so I think that there is a lot that the United States has to work on with our education system but I'm very happy that we were able to help out so many teachers and yeah I just want to say thank you for that if you weren't able to help that's totally fine too. And I kept saying that because I, I know that sometimes I've, you know, I've been kind of, I haven't been able to donate to certain causes and I'm like, I really wish I could, but at the moment I'm not financially able to, but that's totally okay too. I don't want anyone to feel bad about the fact if they couldn't help or whatever. But that's why I kept putting that disclaimer up because I didn't want anyone to, to feel bad if they weren't able to help at this moment. But I'm sure down the road we'll be able to do something else. And yeah, thank you guys so much for helping the teachers. And hopefully one day the United States kind of gets their shit together when it comes to our education system. Originally I was going to talk more about Jay and Tommy, but I talked about them at the beginning. So I don't have to go through that. Um, I did just find out that Usher is having a Las Vegas residency. And I don't know if anyone listening cares, but I care a lot. You guys know how I feel about Usher. Usher is one of my day one crushes from (laughs) day one. And I do think he has one of the best voices of all time. He's a great dancer, great performer, great everything. And it's starting in July of 2021, just in time for my 30th birthday. So if coronavirus chills out by then, there is no stopping me from going to Vegas to watch Usher. Need to start saving now. A couple of my friends are like, I don't want to go. And I'm glad I was like, I'll go alone. I don't care. Now, maybe I wouldn't go to Vegas by myself. I feel like I would get myself into too much trouble, but maybe my friends will come to Vegas with me and then I can go see Usher by myself because I don't need any lamos. All right. I I need people who are going to sing and dance with me because that's what the experience is about. But I also, I don't typically listen to Joe Rogan. I don't really, I don't know. I, he kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I listened to Miley Cyrus on Joe Rogan, and it was a really, really good interview. And I'm not, like, a huge Miley Cyrus fan or anything like that, but I would suggest listening to it. It's really interesting, a lot of great insight about her mental health, about her, like, physical health, everything. It's really, I liked it a lot. And she talks a lot of shit about Billy Ray Cyrus, which I was kind of surprised about because I thought they were really close, but she called him, like, the worst dad of all time. Again, just really good, and if you're looking for, like, two hours to kill after you listen to this podcast, I would definitely suggest checking out Miley Cyrus on Joe Rogan. It's Monday, it's Labor Day, and I woke up to the news that James Lafferty is engaged. It is very sad when you see somebody living the life that you're supposed to have lived, but, you know, I'm happy for him, I guess. (laughs) All right, so James is engaged to Alexandra Park. She was on The Royals, which, of course, was written by Mark Schwann, who's a real piece of shit, but it was canceled after he got canceled because he's a piece of shit, and unfortunately, the show was good. It was really good, but E decided to pull it because 
of the Mark Schwann connection. But James Lafferty directed a few episodes. He and Alexandra met then, and a lot of people think they've only been together since 2018. They've been together since at least 2016. There have been pictures of them together for that long, and even like their Instagram stories would match up during that time. So we love that for James. They're a very cute couple. We wish them all the best, and I'm very sad that James Lafferty is not marrying me, but sometimes you just have to accept that not all dreams can come true. So I actually have a lot to talk about. You guys gave me a lot of really awesome things to talk about. And one that made me laugh, it was, are there any movies or TV shows that after watching you wanted your time back? And honestly, The Society on Netflix was a really great show. But knowing it's not coming back, and I would say the cliffhangers that it left us with, I'm pretty upset I even watched it to begin with. Also, probably like season three of 13 Reasons Why. The first season was really good. The second season was kind of like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. And then I just couldn't get into it anymore. So I would say, yeah. Obviously, like later seasons of shows. But I I don't know if I want my time back. I just wish they were written better. But one thing about me is I don't like Will Ferrell. People get very upset when I say that. I'm very sorry if that offends you. I just, I don't like his movies for the most part. There are some that I like. I mean, I loved Elf. I like Old School. Um, Eurovision on Netflix wasn't bad. The other guys, though, I wish I could get my time back with that. Him and Mark Wahlberg hated that movie. Um, another movie I was thinking of is Bride Wars with Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway. I would love to get my time back for that one. And honestly, I feel like most of the shows I've watched haven't been too bad, but Pretty Little Liars in that finale, that's another one I probably want to get some time back in my life. But other than the ones I listed, I can't really think of anything. But yeah, I would say for TV shows, Pretty Little Liars is definitely like up there. One question I get asked a lot is making friends in a new city because if you're newer here, I moved to Nashville almost three years ago now, which is really crazy. But I didn't know anybody. I knew like one bartender and just kind of figured it out from there. But I'm not sure where you move to, whoever asked this question, but I do suggest joining Facebook groups in that city. There are probably people who are in the exact same position as you are. I mean, I was lucky when I moved to Nashville right after two girls back home moved down here and we all started to hang out. And we weren't super close back home, but now we're we're a pretty tight crew. And I also met a lot of people through Laguna Beach, so I'm really lucky with that. But I would suggest, you know, just joining the Facebook groups because there are probably people who are feeling the same way as you. And also try and become friends with like a bartender or two because they will show you everything you need to know about the city. I promise. Another person asked me if I could ask Spencer one question, what would it be? I guess my one question for Spencer is probably like gonna become more than one question. But this is what I would start with. How did you do it? You know, how did you become one of the most hated people on reality TV? Then reinvent reinvent yourself as a Taylor Swift-loving hummingbird enthusiast that makes thousands of dollars off of crystals. And I guess that's really it. I guess I would also probably be like, what are some of your favorite Taylor Swift songs? And if, just to prove he's not a Swifty, because you guys know I think that's fake. But if he doesn't have any deep cuts of Taylor, then you know it's not real. But I am actually, like, really curious. Spencer's always wanted to be rich and famous, and I mean... He's at least one of those things right now, although I've heard that him and Heidi make a lot of money off of the crystals right now and the cameos that they do. It's $100 each, and if you look at either of their cameo pages, they have so many requests, so I'm sure they make a lot of money. And they actually, like, do really good cameos, so I understand why people want them. But yeah, I would say, you know, how did you do it? How did you reinvent yourself from being one of the most hated people on TV to being, you know, this Taylor Swift-loving, hummingbird-loving, crystal-loving peace guy? Because I really don't think he is, but I'd like to see his answer. This week, Drake dropped the pop star music video, and it's actually really good. I don't have too much to say other than using Justin Bieber in it was brilliant. Um, Unfortunately, my nightmare Scooter Braun was in there and he did a weird dance move. But other than that, great music video, great use of Justin Bieber. I don't love the song. I'm not like a huge Drake fan, I guess. I can I can like respect him as an artist. I think he's done a lot for I don't know. He breaks a lot of records and always has new songs on the radio. So I give him a lot of credit for that. But I am a fan of this music video. If you haven't watched it, maybe maybe give it a shot. Another person wanted me to talk about underrated CW shows. And honestly, I'm going to put Vampire Diaries under this. And I think that show is amazing. There are still a few episodes that I like to rewatch. I have promised a deep dive on Vampire Diaries. And I'm sorry that I haven't done it yet. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. 
I'm trying to become more organized with my thoughts for this podcast. I'm trying really hard. Like I do type up notes. I do read off my type notes, but I feel like I need to make like a schedule to be like on Monday, look up stuff about Vampire Diaries. On Tuesday, look up. I need to do something like that. And that's on me. I just, I'm trying to keep myself honest here. But other than that, um, I've never watched Supernatural, but I know a lot of people love it and it's been on the air forever. I think it just had its last season, but I still feel like it's underrated, even though it's been on for like 15 years or something crazy like that. And again, a diehard fandom for, um, for Supernatural. I know a lot of people really love that show. And when they love that show, they like love that show. I get it. I get it. Jensen Ackles is super hot. I'm a huge fan too. Of him. I've never watched a show, like I said, but Jensen Ackles is really hot. And he's actually, I'm excited. I tried to watch The Boys on Amazon Prime, but I couldn't get into it. Not my kind of show. But soon, him and Chase Crawford are going to be on the same show, and I might explode. I might just, I mean, I don't even need to watch. I, um, I don't even need to have the sound on. <laughs> what a weird thing to say. Back to CW shows, though. The 90210 reboot was good for like a season or two, but I wouldn't say that it was underrated. I wouldn't say it's great. I still sometimes feel like One Tree Hill is an underrated teen drama, but it's slowly starting to get the respect it deserves over time. It's weird. A lot of people ask me about my thoughts on Gilmore Girls, which I wasn't expecting. Like more than like four people were like, tell me about Gilmore Girls. And listen, I feel like Gilmore Girls fans are passionate. And I am not that passionate of a Gilmore Girls fan. I watched it, but I didn't have any like really serious feelings other than I loved Luke and Lorelai. That was a couple who I wanted to be together. Nothing else mattered to me as long as they ended up together. And as far as Rory, I know a lot of people are like, should she have been with Dean, Jess, or Logan? And this is a very hot take. I didn't like any of her boyfriends. In the reboot, Jess scored some major points. But yeah, I don't I don't feel like any of those guys really deserved Rory. I don't know. Maybe Rory didn't deserve them. I don't know. But I didn't like her with anybody. I do think Paris Geller was incredible. I really liked her. I also really liked Emily and Richard. I thought they were fantastic. But yeah, I wish I had more insight. Like I said, I watched it, but I, I, I'm I, not as passionate as most Gilmore Girl fans are, and I respect that passion. There is nothing wrong with being that passionate about Stars Hollow and Gilmore Girls and all that stuff. I give you a lot of credit, okay? So Gilmore Girls fans, please don't yell at me. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, <laughs> I love the passion. Okay, so Teen Mom 2 premiered this week, and you guys know I love this trash show. Watching it, I was reminded how much Jade stresses me out. Everything about her stresses me out. Her relationship with her mom, her relationship with her baby daddy, her voice. I'm just stressed. I get that she's basically Janelle's replacement, but it's a lot. And I can only imagine how stressed she is in her life. So we can be stressed together. Chelsea is still one of my favorites. Her storyline is like a perfectly wrapped present though. She's there for a paycheck. I feel like she still doesn't give much or she doesn't give much of her life anymore. But there was a preview for more Adam drama, so I guess that'll be interesting to watch. On that note, I would say that I absolutely adore Cole and Aubrey's relationship. Obviously, Adam is trash, and it sounds like his family is just a bunch of enablers. So I just hope that, you know, Cole and Aubrey continue to grow their relationship. Because I think it's really interesting when you see a step-parent and step-child actually working out better than the biological parents. Because a lot of times people just want to say that like step-children or step-parents don't get along when that's not always the case. I mean, my stepmom and I, we've gone through a lot of things together, but I love her a lot. So it's not always that. And I think it's nice to see that playing out on a reality show, is all I'm saying. Leah's storyline for this episode was basically that Jeremy decided to call Corey out for not going to um, one of the twins' <laughs> doctor's appointments. I can't lie. I've watched this show for like 10 years. And to me, all of Leah's daughters have like the exact same name. But I just kind of feel like it's not fair for Jeremy to say this when his daughter, who I believed is named Addie, again, also similar, said she misses her dad because of work. I know they don't work the same schedules, but still, Addie's always like, Daddy's never here. Daddy, I miss him so much. But in my opinion, from everything we've seen, Corey is one of the better dads on the show. I know for a while he kind of didn't want to talk about the twins' health issues or anything like that, but it seems like when he finally came around that corner, he's really a great dad, and yeah. I don't think that's a fair thing. I don't know. I didn't like that. That actually really bothered me that Jeremy said that. I was kind of like, shut the fuck up, dude. But Leah is also going to open up about being addicted to pain pills. And apparently now she's part of a cult. 
Um, I'm going to look into this a little bit more and report back. Kale has openly said Leah is in a cult, so Leah and her are no longer close. But I guess, I guess we just have to wait and see what happens. Now we're on to Kale, and Kale is having issues as always. She's kind of getting along with Joe and Javi but not getting along with Chris, but eventually she gets pregnant again by Chris. It's just like a never-ending hamster wheel. And it's really weird. I don't really care for Kale's personality, but I will say that she is a really great mom. I can't take that away from her. I know over the weekend or this past few days, there was some drama because Chris has supervised visits with Lux, which is their first child that they share together. And Chris decided to cut his hair without talking to Kale about it, and it's been this whole thing, and the haircut was horrible. There are pictures on Twitter that you can find, but he looks like he just put the son's hair in a ponytail and, like, snipped it at the ponytail, but Kale was pissed because she said Lux has said he doesn't want to cut his hair, and Chris is like, well, I'm the dad. I get to do what I want, so that seems very healthy still, and then we have Bree, who, during this episode, got too drunk and went home with her ex, And I'm someone who kind of likes Brie. Again, I think she's a good mom. And I think her daughters are like absolutely adorable. I wish we got to see her daughters more. A lot of times I just feel like it's about Brie and her man drama. And I'm like, show me Stella. Stella's adorable. I want to see more of that. But those are my teen mom feelings. I'll probably talk about teen mom like every week if you guys don't mind. Have like a little teen mom moment, teen mom recap type thing. Somebody actually asked me about cancel culture versus consequences, and I thought that was really interesting because I'm not a huge fan of cancel culture, but sometimes I'm like, yeah, they need to not be famous anymore. But I think people can learn and grow, and I just, I I go back and forth with this a lot because I think there are certain people who cannot grow. There are certain people who have their minds made up about something, and that's that. And a lot of reality stars have obviously faced a lot of backlash for using certain words, certain terms in the past. And I don't know, I guess that it's actually kind of tough for me with certain things. I think like Justin Bieber, I actually think he has grown and probably learned his lesson for a lot of the shit he did when he was like 19 to like 21 or whatever. But then I think of like the guys on Vanderpump Rules who got fired because they were using the N-word when they were 16. And I'm like, that's not okay, though. So I think I'm really hypocritical with it. And I don't think it's fair for me to be like, well, it's okay for them to do it or for like Justin Bieber to have his issues. But it's not okay for these men to say these words. Because in my opinion, I feel like that's worse because I did a lot of dumb shit when I was 19 to 21. But I always knew that certain words were just not said. So I think I'm kind of back and forth with it a lot. I know that's kind of skirting around the question, but I do think that people can learn and people can grow, but people also need to be held accountable for what they've done. And I think that, I don't know, I think certain people shouldn't be allowed to have a platform because of things that they've done, whether they've grown from it or not. So it's really hard for me. I guess that's a really hard thing because it's hard to be like, well, it's okay for them to do it, but not this one. But, you know, that person can grow, but not this person. And you don't want to make it like a case-by-case scenario type thing. So I'm going to say that's a good question. It's a good thing to think about, and I want to think about it more. (laughs) But no, I don't, I don't know. I'm not about cancel culture, I guess. I'm not, I'm not totally here for it. But then there are also people where I'm like, no, they don't deserve to have a platform that they have. So maybe I am just one big old hypocrite. That's kind of how I feel now that I've said all of this out loud. You know, one thing I haven't even talked about, and I'm upset with myself that I haven't, Meg the Stallion was shot, right? We, we've seen it. Tori Lanez allegedly shot her and she had to get surgery in both of her feet. I'm sorry, but can you imagine what the media would be like if it was Selena Gomez or Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift? Um, that's pretty fucked up that we haven't even talked about it. And I'm fucked up for not talking about it. So I'm sorry that I haven't. Um, I definitely think that it just shows that the media did not care about it as much as they would have if it was a different pop star. If it was a, you know, a Taylor Swift type person, there's no way that so many people wouldn't be talking about it. It would be the biggest news story of the year. But apparently Meg is doing better, but she's had to have a lot of surgeries and she's starting to really open up more about it because she didn't want Tori to get in trouble. She basically said that like, she didn't say he shot her because the police had their guns out, I believe, and she didn't want Tori to get shot. But now she's like, you know, your PR people are trying to make me look bad and you shot me. So, you know what? Actually, cancel Tori Lanes. Can we do that? I know that the singer JoJo 
was going to have him on her remix album and she took him off after this thing. So hopefully we don't hear from him for a while and I hope Meg just keeps being strong and putting out summer hits. She makes such good music. Also, like, I feel like all of her songs become viral hits, like radio, loves it, everything. The last thing I'm going to talk about, it's kind of a heavier subject, but I somebody asked me about grief and I have lost a lot of people in my life. I think I've talked about that and it's been in like a short period of time of my life. And I think you just have to understand that grief comes in waves. You might be fine for, you know, two months, then all of a sudden something hits you and you're kind of like, oh shit, like I'm sad now. And that's okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry that this person is gone or people, or whatever, or cat, or dog, or whatever you're grieving. Because lately, even this is kind of, it sounds minuscule, but I've been grieving my cat a lot more than I had, you know, way back in March when she passed away. And it's just, that's the the waves of grief. They just kind of, it comes and it hits you, and you just need to accept it and feel it. Because I was talking to my friend Callie about it, and I'm like, how come all of a sudden I'm upset about this all over again? She's like, that's what grief is. Grief is really difficult to navigate. It is extremely hard to go through and you might be triggered by a holiday coming up. You might be triggered by a song you hear. And it's, I just, I always tell people, just feel what you're feeling and really let yourself be in that moment. Because so many times in my past, I've been like, no, I shouldn't be upset about this. And it's like, yeah, you should be a little upset and it's okay that you are upset. Now, I don't know if that's, if I'm helpful with the grieving process, but it's different for everybody. So if, say, like when my grandpa passed away, I felt like two of my cousins moved on from it pretty quick. I thought that they were, you know, fine with it. And I was kind of like, just because I'm not okay just because my grief is taking longer, doesn't mean that they're not sad. It doesn't mean that I'm more sad than them. It's just processing things differently. And I have, I've had anger. I've had anger issues in the past where I've been like so angry for things that have happened in my life. And again, it's kind of been those moments where I step away and I'm like, why are you angry? Just let yourself be sad. Because I almost felt like being angry was better than being sad, right? You're, you're, It's easier to be angry than it is to be like, wow, that really hurt me. Instead, it's like, no, you go fuck yourself because I'm mad at you. When in reality, you're like, wow, that really hurt me. And it's hard to be vulnerable like that. So yeah, the grieving process is really hard. I always suggest reading, trying to find some like, I like quotes. I really like quotes that I hang on to or songs. There are certain songs I really love. There's this OAR song called Miss You All the Time. And it reminds me of my cousin because my cousin passed away. He was really young and I miss him a lot. I miss him all the time. And that song, I hear it and I'm kind of like, okay, like we're ready to go through some feelings. (laughs) But yeah, I suggest holding on to like a movie or a song or something that makes you think of that person. Even I see like Cardinals and think of my Nano who passed away and it's kind of comforting. Or somebody said, Um, dimes from heaven. You'll find like random dimes scattered in like a park, even like one in a parking lot. Or I have found one in a shoe that I hadn't worn in like two years. And I was kind of like, oh, this is somebody saying hi to me. So it's just little, little things like that. I think believing that they are still there and here to help, it helps with grief too. But I'm going to end on that note. Thank you guys so much for all of your awesome suggestions. Next week, Kate Kennedy is going to be on the podcast. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. So I will be putting up, you know, if you have any questions or any topics you want her and I to talk about, you can send those right in. But I hope that you had a healthy, happy Labor Day weekend, and I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. If you want to join the Facebook page, just search The Laguna Biatches, and when you get there, there is a question, and the answer is either Spencer or Audrina. And yeah, a few people asked me if I'm going to make a Patreon where, you know, you could pay like $1.99 a month just to help with, you know, the the podcast, like get me a better computer <laughs> so I can not have shitty ass audio quality. But I'm not sure if I'm going to do that. So if you do, but if you do see a swipe up link for one, don't feel like you have to sign up for it or anything. But again, I hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.